Father, thank you this morning for your precious word. We love you so much. We bless and adore you. Everybody online, please type it out there. I am helped. Tag somebody, put this message out. Somebody needs a word of hope. Everybody in the service, share it online. Let's get this message out, whether you're on YouTube or on Facebook. Let's get this message going. And somebody needs to hear this this morning. Because you can walk around thinking that there is no help. And yet, He is a very present help in time of need. Amen. I'm going to decree a fresh, fresh word over this ministry. And you're going to begin to receive help from every side. You're going to find help on every side. And even if you Pastor Brian and Aaron that has me to church for how many weeks your husband? Is he still saved? When I do the altar call, there are three people that must stand in this church. One is Brian. And the other two are ladies. I won't tell you who they are, but they know who they are. After Friday night's parting, oh my Lord, we need some people that need to get saved. Oh my word, Friday night. How was Friday night? I'm telling you, man. Man, 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 man. We had a precious moment breaking bread together. And... Uh, preaching on covenant and so straight away as I release this the invitation to go to the United States to teach on covenants we're going we're gonna to go there and we're going to train on relationships and we're going to do some things, amen so that's coming and so for those that are missing out um, how, did, how can I put this you did miss out you're going to have to take the help that the Lord sends you. You understand that my marriage is a help to you. So when I gather you and I say, come, and I say, I'm going to work with the relationships, you put your stuff aside. You can't be watching Netflix while we're busy building relationships. You make your commitment and you also pay your way. It's not for free. People want everything for free. No. We paid for your dessert and the venue and we did a whole lot of things to invest in relationships. But you're sitting home and you're thinking, well, I don't know who's going to fix this marriage. We, God sent you help. I am your help. Pastor Z is your help. So when God sends you help, don't refuse the help. This is your season where you need to understand, I need to be at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. I know of a couple that even had to, go, the, the one lady got in trouble with a boss because like, I can't attend your Friday night session. I've got couples this weekend. I've got to be with my husband. I've got to invest in my relationship. No deposit, no return. I said no deposit, no return. You make no deposit, there's no return. There's no return on your marriage and so on. You must make an investment. At least once a year, I've got to sit down and I've got to deal with the refreshment of my marriage and make a fresh vow to my wife and say, we need to go this way. You don't get here after 39 years of cruising in. It's been battles and vows and commitments and, 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 and recommitments and, and forgiveness and, and all kinds of stuff just to get to this moment. You can't be that person that wants everything for free. You must make an investment. And the biggest thing here is not your issue of love. Your issue is understanding. And if you don't have understanding, you can be in love, but not be able to live with the person. And so that was Friday night was, was amazing. Uh, we saw those dance moves there, Ronaldo. We, we, we were watching you guys. And we've got evidence of those photographs there. Gift and Vanolia. Hey, Jesus. That boy can dance, eh? I'm telling you. And so it was really amazing. And so... Um, you want covenant couples again? See you next year. I'm kidding. We owe a, Friday, a Saturday to all the relationships. And so we're going to build some things. We've got, for my 39 years of wait, uh, my anniversary on Friday, I'll wait for you. You can thank the Lord for this precious wife of mine. I celebrate you, baby.
Because I believe in you and me. You want to go there? I can, I can sing that number. Just not today. Amen. <laughs> um, yeah, I, my train of thought. When I think about you, I lose that train of thought. Eh? So I'm just thinking, well, let's go home. Amen. What a blessing. And um, I just want to thank the Lord for you for 39 years of being faithful. For being teachable for always in my mistakes still keeping respect there you've never lost respect in the midst of my mistakes and there's some horrible mistakes I've made you kept on coming back and submitting again and again and you make it life worth the living the alarm went off at 5 o'clock again this morning she was up are you ready for your coffee now or can I just go and pray Eighteen years of ministry, and five o'clock every Sunday morning, she will not miss her time to pray for this service, for this man. And I'm so grateful to you this morning. I just want to honor you and let you know that I love doing life with you. That seventeen-year-old I saw, you are sexier than you've ever been. I'm telling you. Oh my word! You got flowers. Come, come up here, come up here, come up here, come up here. I didn't know there was flowers, oh my word. Let me celebrate this lady. Come on, one more time with me, just celebrate. Celebrate. Because I believe in you and me, my baby. And I'm so grateful and so... Did you want to share a word? Did you need the, No, you didn't need the mic? Okay, just the flowers. Praise the Lord. Come on, just thank the Lord for, with my, for my wife.
Listen to me, baby. I believe in you and me. Thank the Lord one more time for that woman. Amen. Now you know I am helped. Amen. I needed plenty of that. God bless you. Well, you know, this is just for those that don't have a little song of their own. And some people think that Jesus leaves the room when they go in. When the Holy Ghost said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. So Proverbs 23 verse 7, Holy Ghost, help me this morning. Amen and amen. For as he thinks in his heart, the subconscious of who you are, the part of the mind of which, is, which one is not fully aware, but which influences one's actions and feelings. So it is the part of who you are that's deep down inside of you. That I'm not putting out photos on Instagram because I'm trying to impress people. Deep down inside of me, I love this woman. I love what God has done. I'm okay to brag with her. I'm okay to take her, have her on my arm. She looks really, really good when she's dressed up. I'm going to say no more at this point. <laughs> there is no external behavior apart from an internal philosophy. Let me help you. Getting married does not solve your lust problem. You have to fall in love with Jesus. So, for with the heart one believes, it's the part deep down inside of you that gets you to believe right. If you believe right, your life will come right. Romans 10 and 10 says that, For the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Ezekiel 11 verse 19 says, Then I will give them one heart, and I'll put a new spirit within them, and take the stony heart out of their flesh, and give them a heart of flesh. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. This is the reason why when you're in relationship, number one with God, number two with your spouse, you need to keep your heart, that inner, inner part of what you believe. That not just a passing thought, I'm talking about taking what you believe in the scriptures and dropping it into a place where it's unshakable. When you look at whatever comes and whatever attacks you or your life and your mind, you need to have a place deep down inside of you that says, this is my wife. And no matter what, if my wife wants to leave me, I said, no problem, you can leave. I'm leaving with you. You're not going without me. Amen. You get into a place of where it's, this is it. And God needs you to start working with a commitment because casual relationships built nothing. We discovered that on Friday. You need to come to a place of covenant relationships and begin to develop deep inside of you your love for God and your love for people. And so, listen to me, ladies. If, if your husband does not fear the Lord, you stand no chance. All your visiting, all your eyes you got out, all your security, and then they will never keep him. You need to let that man have the fear of God inside of him. And when he's got the fear of the Lord on the inside of him, you, you'll be okay. My wife don't have to look at me. She doesn't have to run around and check my phone and and and, and. She just goes into the closet and says, I just think I need to speak to the Lord a little bit. I'm like, okay, what did I do wrong? Because God can deal with me. When you understand the power of covenant, that's what it looks like. So God says, I'll give you a new heart. Put in Proverbs 4 verse 23, sorry. Keep your heart with all diligence because for out of it, not out of what's going through your head, not the blanks you're shooting out of your mouth and lying and, or, or just saying things in passing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the depth of who you are. For as a man thinks in his heart, where your feelings, your emotions, where the dream is, it's there. So I dream about my next 
place of where I'm going to, I love taking my wife on holiday. I love it. She's the most appreciative person. She appreciates everything that I do. I mean, I, you know, she would go and she would make a meal at home and then come and we've enjoyed the meal together. And she'll come and say, honey, thank you so much for the meal. I never cooked it. I just paid for it. But she's kissing me and saying thank you for the meal. Now tell me how much you wouldn't want to do for somebody like that. I'm just helping you in your marriage a little bit. And your relationship with God. Appreciate that man. My purse is open. My bank accounts are open. My heart is open. Whatever she wants, whenever she wants it, and within reason, I'll say it's coming. I've never refused my wife one thing. Sometimes it's taken a little bit of time, but I've not refused the one thing. And when she desires, when she thinks of Maldives, I'm going to take her there. Because it is my good pleasure. I love blessing my wife. I love because deep down inside of me, when I see the smile on her face, and I see her rejoicing, and she dresses up, and she, I'm like, I like you. I like you. So with that, I guard my heart. I don't have to watch about my marriage. I guard what's going on in my heart. I don't, Job chapter 31 and verse 1, please. You can just add that for me. Because the issues, the forces of life comes from the depth of who you are. Even though I'm preaching to you this morning, the thing that you really, really want is stirring inside of you. And while I'm preaching one thing, it could be that I just want a new car. I don't want to, I don't care what this man is saying. It's in your heart. So you're overriding what I'm saying to you in your conscious mind because your subconscious is preaching louder than what I'm preaching this morning. Are you with me? So sometimes you can tell somebody, I don't think that going, uh, you know, to Australia is a good idea. But their bags are packed and I can tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't be doing this. But because their hearts are mind, uh, their minds are made up, it's lodged in their hearts. No matter what I say to them, if they want to get a divorce, they'll get it. So certain people I don't speak to anymore, not because they come for counsel. They've come to let ask a blessing on their mess. And so I, 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 I've got to deal with your, with your subconscious and saying, can you think about what you're thinking about here? Because some people, their minds are made up. When your mind, a person's mind is made up, it's, it's very challenging to take them off out of that place. So you can't speak me out after God dropped inside of me. This campus will be built. This is the church. You can't, you can't take away from me the fact that there'll be multi-millionaires dollars coming out of this church. It's in my heart. I'm working on those things. So someone said, ah, it's just about money. Oh, just shut up. I, you, know, you can't speak me off from the fact. I, you, listen, man, if... Broke is broke. I mean, I, I'm amazed at the people that are so broke that will fight people that want to bring them out of broke. I mean, poverty is a blessing to who? So deep down in my heart, I know that the stench of poverty, I hate it. Everything about poverty. But it's deep down inside of me. So I've made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? When I've gone and made a covenant with my wife and, and I've established this thing in my heart, even though when a young pretty woman comes, I'm like, Gail, I will, I'll go and fetch another lady for you. Amen. So what we're going to do is, I, I'm teaching on <laughs> love always makes a way. Love always makes a way. I want you to see the heart of God and I want you to understand that as we end the season, I feel we need to be going to a season of teaching on covenant, but we'll deal with that next week. Luke chapter 10 verse 25, please. You need to understand how powerful God's love is for you to help you. To help you. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him saying, teacher, what shall I do? There's your number one problem under the law. Is that I don't need anybody else's help. I just don't want to know what to do. I've studied hard. I am a lawyer. And I've got a credit or a track record 
that lets you know that I'm rich and that I'm wealthy and that I've studied and I'm coming to test these scriptures. What shall I do? I don't need help. He's asking a question, but he doesn't want help. You ever been with a friend like that? Nefarious agendas. It's called sin. Anyway, let's get into this. Verse 26. He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. So it's written that the love of God, when you're loving God, it must come from a different place. It's not just, I put money in the, in the plate and your mind is somewhere else. I had to sing it for a couple the other night, on Friday night, because Jester was so busy thinking about the businesses. Businesses was right. We were in the beautiful restaurant overlooking, but his company is right down there and he pointed out the company to me. And so while we're having lunch or dinner time, I'm looking at him, but he's busy. He's not, you know, his wife is there, but Jester's just, he's busy. So I had to sing to him, your body's here with me, but your mind is on the other side of town. Don't mess around with this dinner. Amen. Amen. The problem is I'm, you know, I need to get saved, saved every week. Because these songs just, they, they'll come. I'm telling you. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. That deep down inside of you, that you should be engaged with God this morning. That when you pray, you're not looking on your phone while you're trying to pray. You are not trying to get into social media. Oh yes, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. What is that? And looking at your, your emails and your latest stuff. And, and where's your engagement with God? Because when you're connecting with God, it should be all of God. Come on, somebody. Your body's here with me this morning. Don't mess around. Don't mess around. You need to stay focused this morning because the scriptures and your worship and your connection with God should come from a different place. That until I feel it there, I don't want to move. Until God touches me deep down inside of me and my feelings begin to shift and the anointing begin to come in and the presence of the Lord is in my life. I said, God, don't make me preach another sermon. I need your presence this morning. I need the anointing. It's got to come from a deep place, baby. You're going to have to learn how to bring it out from a deep place. You can't be making love to your wife and thinking about something else. That's for another day. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Mind, will, and emotions, not just your mind, the conscious, the subconscious. Just wish the businessmen would put down their business. Spoke to a business guy yesterday and says, what do I do on this day? I say, how about nothing? And make it your day of rest. No, I'm going to go to the rugby because, you know, I'm going to meet some guys. They've offered me a, a private box and business. I said, go to rugby for the sake of rugby. With all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So he's asking a question. He says, I want to walk in this anointing. I want to walk with this power. I want to experience the kingdom. I want to, ex he says, you, you, you know the law. He says, what's written? So he says, okay, you want to do it? Let me show you. He said to him, you've answered rightly. He says, now you heard the scriptures. Now do this and you will live. It's amazing how God, when you bring him the law, he answers you with the law. But he wanted to justify himself and said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? All right. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among the thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he had saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, 
brought him to an inn and took care of him. But on the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him. I am his help. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. So when, you, when you're dealing with the mind of the man, in the story you'll find there are ten minds engaged in the story. Let's go to the first one. You see, your, your life travels in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. There is a reason why you're dealing with one scenario and all these people around it, but people are responding differently because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the mind of men is when we're starting off. He says, what shall I do? What shall I do? This is a location question. And so Jesus says, let me locate you. He says, he first deals with the first mind is the mind on the road, on the Jericho road. So what he's trying to let you know is that life is never a straight line. Jesus was weary with his journey. From Jerusalem to Jericho, it's 29 kilometers as the crow flies. But as you journey, it's 54 kilometers. You getting it? Is that so many times in marriage, in business, in ministry, in life, whatever you're busy building right now, you're looking for a straight line. And when you're dealing with this mind that it's going to be just, I'm going to go from year to year and everything is like, I'll just get saved and everything is going to come right. You, you're dealing with the wrong mind. Because life is not like that. Not for marriage, not for business, not for ministry. I thought we'd be much further down the road than where we are right now. But because of God's journey in me, um, God will not just give you things. God gives you himself first and then the things come afterwards. Some of you are asking, where's that thing? God says, me first. Because uh, God is not really obsessed like you're obsessed with your things. Because he owns all things. So um, he'll give you himself first before he gives you things. It's not the things you accomplish it's who you're becoming. And as you become what God has called you to be, then God can develop you and become what you become what God has called you to be. Then you can handle the level of prosperity God is dealing with. So God wants you to experience. So building a house, a great marriage, writing books, producing leaders, it's not a quick fix. And every leader should understand this. That as you're sitting with God in the season, you need to develop the right kind of mind because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if this man thinks that, well, I married you now, everything should be okay. You are kidding, right? Because the Bible says the two shall become one. You, you want all the junk out of her trunk, but you want to keep all of yours. No, 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 no. You need to get rid of the junk in your trunk too. Because we are becoming one. Amen. It takes a season where you said, you, you, you need to find a couple. You need to find a partner that's willing to break generational curses with you. We all come from generational curses. We all come from a place of where life never worked. And we need one another. You say amen tonight. This morning, amen. I'm preaching morning and night, so you'll forgive me. Here's, here's the second mind. So the mind, the first mind, is the mind that's on the road, life's road. You're journeying. How do you see it? You must be able to can handle pressure. Mervyn, the blessing is coming, son. But what God is doing is developing you that you can go and you can stand because when that millions are coming, you'll be able to handle the millions because God is going to put it in your hand. You say amen this morning. Number two is the mind of Christ. So Jesus is presenting his mind. He's in the conversation. This man's asking him. 
He's now saying, okay, so here's life's road. Let me tell you about this mind. Because this is the way I think in my heart. So the mind of Christ, the mind of Jesus is the perfect mind. It is when Jesus speaks to you, when he gives you direction, it is the matured mind. It is the mind that is always right. Never wrong. Always filled with hope. That's why you can develop in the mind of Christ. You develop in the, in the mind of Christ. You, you, you ask God, what does he think about the situation? You're not always right. I know that when God calls me and sits me down and says, can we deal with the situation? I know that I'm wrong. Because I've judged incorrectly. And so when you're dealing with couples and solving a problem, Jesus becomes the mediator. His word becomes the mediator. It becomes the principle above every personality. So we don't care who's right and who's wrong. It's what's right and what's wrong because God honors his word above his name. Because it's the perfect mind. The perfect mind. It's full of hope. It's full of faith. It's called the mind of God. It's, it's this mind. We have hope that no matter what we go through, we're going to rise again. I said we're going to rise again. Are you full of hope this morning? Because I am teaching you that you are down deep inside of you. Say, we're coming out of this trouble. We're going to live in the house that God has got for us. We're going to build the church the way God gave it. Our businesses will be built. We're going to God sending help this morning. You shout amen. Number three is the mind of the lawyer. Now you be careful the kind of people you hang out with. Because here comes the legal mind. The legal mind. The legal mind is the critical mind. It's the one, it's a crafty, and it's a, always sneaking in human rights. Because now you're dealing with the Church of England, who's deciding that it's not our father anymore, coming from the church. Our person, eh? So that we can just make sure that everybody feels comfortable. That's a crafty, sneaky, wicked kind of mind. And nobody stood up with COVID, right? We're hearing the reports back during COVID. You got 900 from the schooling system. 900 10-year-olds pregnant. 900. Nobody thought about that. Let's just go with the law and let's just do whatever they tell us to do. Sneaky, crafty, putting in legal. No, but sign says the devil is a liar. The Bible says he is our father. I said he is our father. You're going to give a better shout than this. You will not accept that thing. Here's this man's conversation. He says, look, we're not trying to make it law. We're just asking a question. Is that not exactly what Satan said to Eve? Let's just have a conversation. Because eventually it sneaks its way in to the system. And now you're sitting with our, our, our person. Not to offend everybody. The devil is a liar. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And he is our father. And you belong to your father. And you have help this morning. This crafty mind, it's based on synthetic Greek, it's a synthetic Greek mind. You be careful that you deal with people that want to bring in the law because the law said so. How did that law work out for you? That now those people that gave that jab turned around and said, oops, we never tested it. No, but we obeying the law. And so proud because I got mine. Rubbish, man. You question everything. You ask the Holy Spirit. You question everything through the Bible. Let the Word of God become your standard because you are rooted and grounded in the Word of God. Let the Word of God become your standard. Don't let the devil come and tell you that your children must now take away fathers and take away parents. And the schools are in a mess. And tell me that every man must sit down and keep quiet. You as a man, you better get your shout back. You better get your roar back. Because this is what you believe. Shout. Every post on social media. 
manipulating things. And it sounds good. Oh, you're not going to get any help. No, come to the Bible, the Lord told me. Wanting to, you to feel bad for being a Christian. What wickedness is this? Huh? And you're just bowing to this rubbish. Don't want to say anything to offend the people. Come on, man. You're saved. You are born. You are washed in the blood of the Lamb. You are a child of a living God. Somebody shout in this church, man. Trying to legalize everything. I mean, it's all good now for you to have your gay parades in the, and, and, and all kinds of crazy stuff happening in the schools after they pulled the Bible out, right? And nobody's standing up for that. That legal mind. It's a crafty, wicked mind. Always trying to find a loophole in the Bible. Always trying to, listen to me, say this to your neighbor. Say, love has no loopholes. Because the lawyer's job is to find a loophole in what happened. So he can get you out even though you were wrong. Because by the law, he can get you out based upon the loophole in the law. But he's trying to find a loophole in the Bible. But there's no loopholes in the Bible, baby. Because love has got no loopholes. Wherever you go, love has no loopholes. You're going to shout yes. Number four is the mind of the traveler. It's the individual found in the ditch. You're starting ministry, business, you know, schooling, varsity. You come up, up with all kinds of challenges. Because um, nobody knows you. Start off in a double garage. There's no money. But there are thieves. There are thieves on that road. Thieves on the road to your spiritual journey and breakthrough this year. We're speaking about a wealthy place and the enemy doesn't want you to get there. The mind of Christ says, don't travel alone. I'm going to turn this way. Single ladies, let somebody hold you accountable. Get a good friend that you can tell the truth to and say, I'm struggling with this thing. That's why Jesus never sent them out one by one. He sent them out two by two. Because we need to hold each other accountable. That's a matured mind. That's the one that says, I need to open up my life to somebody. Because you can't wake up in the morning, look at your computer, look at the number of likes you have on social media, and think you're okay. Likes on social media is like monopoly, monopoly money. It's fake. You're not really that famous. You're not. I mean, like, you know, we want to let everybody know we, you know, AKA, and we know we fans. Give me your true friends, man. Show me the person you can sit down and have a cup of, cup of coffee with and be honest. Because this is life's road. You can't walk by yourself. Who are you accountable to? Who do you speak the truth to? This is the matured mind. I'm not dealing with babies. I'm not talking about, you know, you, you stand by yourself and you look at yourself and say, oh, you're so wonderful, you're so wonderful, but the rest of the world doesn't know it. Who's your friend? You must have somebody, whether it be your mother, whether it be a, a cousin, whether it's somebody, you need to sit down and deal with the truth. Because I know when you come here and you look at me and say, how are you doing? I'm blessed, Apostle. I'm blessed. Now we're getting quiet in the church here, Aaron. It's like, the mind of Christ says, don't travel alone. Two is better than one. Because if one falls, the other one can pick them up. A threefold cord, if you stay with the Holy Ghost, it's not easily broken. There's people that tell you that I, don't, I am the church, I don't need the church. You are the biggest, you deceive the most. Because nobody knows, you don't, even, you don't know your blind spots. You don't know what, you, what you're capable of doing by yourself. You don't even know how irritating you are. Oh no, no, not you. You know, oh, my child, you're so wonderful. No, your child is irritating. 
The child hasn't got order. The child hasn't got discipline. It's your fault. Somebody needs to tell you that. Yeah, it's okay to slander cunt. Who's slandering you? Number five, I'm moving on. Number five is the mind of the thieves. So you need to know that there's always, there's somebody that some people come to church not for a breakthrough. They come for a break-in. They're looking at your purse. They're not listening to me. They're looking at the ladies around finding out who hasn't got the ring on. They're not here for me. They're not here for the Holy Ghost. It's the mind of the thief. You must be thinking about that on the road all the time. Because sometimes you find, you know, a rock in the road and you want to take the rock out of the road and you find out that the enemy has been, it's the mind of the thief. A pothole, um, you know, hitchhiking. You, you got to be thinking what the thief is thinking. Are you thinking what the devil is thinking? Because he's not going to let you go. He don't mind you journeying as far as you want to go. There's a long way from where you are for, to where you need to be. And he wants to trip you up. So you've got to be thinking like the thief. You've got to be thinking like the person that wants to destroy your life. I'm always thinking about if this relationship, if I build this relationship, where is this going to take me to? If I spend more time with this person, what does this mean? If I continue down this road, because the enemy is looking for a gap. He's looking for a way that he, can, he comes to kill, to steal and to destroy. He's after your life. And if you think that he's gone to bed, nobody in hell sleeps. Nobody. Nobody. The devil don't go on holiday. He doesn't put in an application form. If anything, he's going to come during your holiday time. Because he does not sleep. So every battle is won and lost in the mind. You need to fix it there. And if you're stuck in a ditch, spiritually, you're going to need a good Samaritan to get you out. If the, if the enemy is going to destroy you or limit you, strip you, wound you, take, from, take you from the path God has ordained for you, or get you to quit and walk away from God, it will come through a conversation in your mind. Who are you speaking to? Who is giving you a sober conversation? Who is counseling you, not out of their emotions? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. People don't want to hear about covenant couples. That it's one couple. And we need to make vows to one another. And this is the way marriage works. No, just let me bring my own idea in and you must bless it. I never, I, I, we never ordained marriages. It, it's God ordained. Please write this down. The will of God and the will of Satan is both delivered to you through one conversation. Who are you speaking to? Number six, the mind of the priest. It represents the, the traditional religious world. So the priest is dealing with the situation, all dressed up, takes a walk on the road, sees the situation, looks at it, walks on the opposite side of the road. Because if he's representing the religious sect, religion can never solve this denomination's problems. So the religious sect doesn't know what to do with government at the moment. They go to church every single Sunday and you've got to pay your vows and you've got to do all kinds. But there's no idea and creativity and innovation that comes from that thing because religious, religious activity is, is, the, is the dumbest thing ever. It's a form of godliness, but there's no power. So you get involved in this thing, but you've got no solution for your family. And yet when you come into the church, we can't do church as usual. I've got to build housing. We've got to deal with, our, with, with the old age. We've, we've, we've got to deal with agriculture. You've got to deal with media. You know that we had 17 cameras for the sonar. We did the sonar in Cape Town. Why would you want to do that? Why not? What about our children coming through? You want to leave them in the, that education system. You can't have church as usual when your children are in such trouble. 
education systems, business, housing, food security. We need to have our own doctors that we can trust. I don't trust a thing that these people are saying. Oh, conspiracy theory. I'm not a conspiracy. I'm, I'm a Bible-based man. Show me in the Bible. Number seven is the Levite. The Levite, here's the priest going. He looks at the situation, walks on the other side of the road. The Levite, what is he? He's one that is mentored by a priest. So he is in their Bible school. So you only become, you, you don't get better than your mentor. So your mentor steps on the other side of the road. He's got to do the same. Who's mentoring you? Because their belief system is transferred into you. For as that man thinks, so does the people that he mentors. You belong to who? That's what they believe? So the, our greatest enemy in our mercy is not the devil but religion. Because this boy is mentored the wrong way. That's why you need fathers in your midst. You need a father that can look at you, a father that loves, a father that cares, a father that understands that seasons our children go through whatever they go through. But a child, a father never leaves. A father will never walk on the other side of, of your situation. I'll come into your home. I'll come into your life. If I am your father, then where's the honor? Where's the money? Where's the vow you made? Where is your tithe? Where's your offering? Oh, you don't want to hear that. Why are you treating your wife that way? Why are your children living this way? Where is your car? Why are you thinking like that? Why are you speaking like that? Why are you wearing that? Where are you going to? What about your business? What about you? When you have a father in your life there's a whole different kind of different revelation and relationship why because it's built on love religion is not yes number eight the Samaritan the Samaritan mixed race half caste the Jews hated them they were racist in their approach. But the Samaritan is of a different mindset. He's traveling this road. They says, this is life's road. I have the right to be on this road. The priest is walking. Religion doesn't tell you that you need, to, you need money. But the Samaritan is driving the latest car. He's driving the latest donkey. But no, I've got to be religious. With your broke self. There's no time for pettiness now, man. Because there is a need in this generation. And until your belief system sets you up to say, I need to love the way God loves. You think that the problem around you is someone else's problem. You're walking on the other side. This boy's got oil, he's got wine. He's not selling hubcaps. And you know, the, the crates at the robot. I'm like, how can I even give you a cent for this rubbish? And it's all of 30 seconds, right? It's like, get a life. Young boys, you're 17 years old. How was that? Rubbish. Oh, nobody wants to say that. I feel, no, no, no. You can train those minds. The thing is, is that this man could put this man on his donkey. What is the donkey? It's the mind of a man. When you come into my marriage, when you come after 39 years and I put you on my donkey, I'm putting you on my mind. I've trained this donkey. This is the way you love. This is the way you live. This is the way you deal with money. This is the way you deal with relationships. This is the way you raise your children. I can take you to your destiny because after 39 years I've got something to tell you number nine is the innkeeper it's a kind person a bank manager a senior person to open doors for you the innkeeper says money talks and relationships matter God's going to open up new doors for you in the season I've got a word for you because you said you don't have any help. 
The Lord says, I'm going to show you. I'm bringing help from every side. Uh, there'll be a kind innkeeper over your business and over your life. I'm speaking that over your administration that must be sorted out. I'm talking about somebody being kind to you that's going to make sure that that door opens for you. I am speaking about somebody that's coming to assist you and tell you that we got the new avenue of business for you and your family. The church is going to get excited because you're going to say, I am helped. Come on, shout. Say, I am helped because God is about to bring you somebody that's going to take you out of that ditch, baby. Going to lift you out from that thing. There's a strength coming upon this church. God's about to put you on a different vehicle altogether. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. God's about to open up a back door for you. Everybody's been waiting in the front, but God's going to say, favor will make a way for you. Everybody shout divine assistance. Say a divine assistance. The favor of God will flow upon your life in this season. I've just come to announce the word of God. And I've come to let you know that everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Here comes the help. Here comes the anointing. Here comes the power of God. Kind innkeepers are coming your way. Just say it. Say, I receive kind innkeepers this week. Kind innkeepers. The final mind is the mind of the listener. As you read this message, what conclusions are you coming to? The ten minds in this. You, the tenth mind. What do you believe? I know I'm telling you that the God sending help. What do you believe? Do you really believe deep down that there is help for you? Let me give you scripture. We're going to start with the Holy Spirit and then you can deal with your own thinking. John chapter 14, verse 16, please. And I will pray the Father, Jesus is about to leave, and He will give you another Helper. So I'm your helper for this kingdom business, but I have to go. It's better that I go. But I am going to pray for the, the Father, not, not the person. I'll tell you why I'm saying this. You better pay attention. That He may abide with you forever. Give you another helper. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you, and will be in you. So it says, let's pick up verse John 14, 25, please. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I will give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I said I'm going to my father. For my father is greater than I. And now I've told you the, it before it comes. That when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the rule of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so do I arise. Let's go from here. So, he says, I will not leave you orphans. What is an orphan? I will come to you. An orphan is one five things about it. Number one is without protection. That's why when you say there's no help, you lied on me, said the Holy Ghost. You lied when you said you have no help. I am your helper. Because the first thing is that you're saying that you're an orphan. An orphan has got no help. Number one, an orphan is without protection. Number two, an, orf an orphan is without provision. You're telling me I haven't provided for you. You lied. You lied on the Holy Spirit. Number three, 
and often is without a teacher. You have a teacher, it's the Holy Spirit. You lied when you said you're by yourself and there's no help. You lied on me. Number four, an orphan is without a comforter. I got no comfort. You lied. I am your comforter. The Holy Spirit is here this morning. He is your parakletos. Number five, an orphan is without a leader. But the Holy Spirit will teach you to profit and lead you by the way you should go. How can you say you have no help? How can you say you're by yourself? How can you go and mourn and cry and, and be pitiful and sit on a victim seat at home? How can you say, God, there's no help? The devil is a liar. We're going to shoot the heart out of this thing. You have help this morning. You have strength this morning. You have an anointing this morning. You have an unction from the Holy One. And you know all things. You shout, yes. You are not abandoned. You are not helpless. You are not alone. That's an orphan. You are adopted in the family of God. Please write this down. An adopted child is a wanted child. God wanted you. You belong to the kingdom of God. Mm. So he says, I'm going to send you a helper. The, the, the Greek word for that is paraclete. Parakletos. The word para means beside. Klet means to call. Anytime you call him, he comes besides you. Anytime you call on his name, the Holy Spirit's available this morning because He is your helper. He is your strengthener. He is your, I don't care whatever addiction you're dealing with. I don't care what your weakness is. I've come to let you know that you are not alone because the Holy Spirit is, will come besides you. He, he, he comes alongside you in your business that in your weakness when you even don't know how to pray, He comes and He strengthens you. When you don't know what to do and which way to go. You have the paraclete, the Holy Ghost. He is your helper. Like you can see when God told Adam, he says I'm going to give you a helper. There's a help meter. Your wife has come alongside you and hear me men, if you have a puncture and you call 911 or call whatever you call and you need help and assistance on a highway when they send you help they don't send you somebody weaker than you. They send you somebody stronger than you. When God sent your wife alongside you, she's not a weak person. She's not a weakling. She's strong. God has given you somebody to come alongside you when He gave you the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, as your strengthener. He is your standby. He is your advocate. He is your wisdom. He is that anointing that you need. He is the power when I am weak. He is my strength. I'm going to rise up in faith. This is my moment. I am letting you know that I'm in a new season and I got all kinds of help coming my way. There are angels that will surround me in the season. The Holy Ghost within me. The power of God all around me. Wherever I go this season, I am helped. Everybody shout, I am helped. He is your helping presence, the team up. 1 John 2.20 Hebrews 13.6 Jump. I have help. But you have, put that in the King James Version, everybody read. King James 1 you have, don't have the King James? Okay, put it back on the New Kings. Oh, okay. Keep going, guys. Help me. But you have an unction from the Holy One. How can you say you have no help? You have an anointing. You have an unction to function. You know what to do in business. You know the person that's coming alongside that needs to come into the, into the organization. You know the people that need to go. Because you, haven't, you, you will know it all. Let your neighbor know you will know it all. Because the Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. 
you, you, have, you, you have an unction. You know all things. Because I'm not alone. I have help. I have strength. I am enabled. I, have, I am anointed for this. I'm anointed to preach. I know what to preach this morning. When you need to teach in the morning, you know what to teach in the morning. When you need to deal with your marriage and that, that problem, you know what to do. When you're dealing with your children, you don't have to get all mad. The Holy One is on the inside of you. You have an unction from the Holy One. And you know all things because you will know it all. Everybody say, I'm a know-it-all. Now put that in your belief system. You need to walk around in your company. You need to wake up in the morning and say Holy Spirit you know all things I thank you that I am anointed for this day I am anointed to walk in victory thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus you are too quiet for me this morning you need to get up this morning and begin to stir it up a little bit you need to begin to believe are there any believers in this house where are the believers that will walk around this morning do you not know that the atmosphere is shifted do you not feel the anointing in this place? Do you not know strategies are being downloaded? Do you not know that the devil can never outfox you? He can't keep you in a corner. He can't go and make, he can't outfox you. He can't outwit you. I feel the power of God in this place. Someone's going to start worshipping the Lord. Someone's going to start praising God. You know what university to go to. You know what subjects to study. You know what business to start. You know where to plant the business. You know who the relationships are. There are kind innkeepers coming my way. Everybody shout, I am helped. Hebrews 13, 6. You read with me. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Why are you afraid of man? Why are you afraid of not standing and confronting what you... If God be your helper, if God be your strengthener, if the Holy Spirit be your advocate, if God be on your side, if God be for me, who in the world can be against me? You're going to clap your hands this morning with a loud shout. Jehovah Ezra is one of the names of God it means my helper. In, in, in Hebrew, it's translated, Lord my help, or the Lord our help. Mm. Psalms 118 verse 7. 118 verse 7. Please read with me. The Lord is for me among those who help me. So any help God sends, means that God is for you. When He sends you help for your marriage, I'm here. That means God is for you. When God sends you people to give you wisdom and insight and to counsel you and to help you, I, this is like, God is with you. You know the story about the guy that prayed to God and said, come and fetch me and rescue me. And the ship came past and he was like, no, God will help me. Then the helicopter came. Oh, no, God will help me. And eventually after the third, fourth time, the guy dies. And he says, God, but I'm born again. You said you're going to help me. He says, I did send you help. Don't reject the help every time God sends you help. I am your help. Because God is for you. When God sends you your priest with vision, with prayer, with anointing, I am your help. When God tells you to sow into that vision, God can take care of the vision. But he's, when, he, when he brings an, a need in the house, it's to take care of your need. He's trying to help you. Amen. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. Psalms 46 verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. John 14, 26 again. But the helper, the helper, the Lord says, you cannot say you got no help. No one's coming to fetch you. I came to rescue you already. I came to show you the way already. How would you ignore me? I'm in your midst. How would you walk around fearful and anxious? 
I am your strength. Now begin to pray. I feel that somebody needs to begin to pray. Just begin to pray right now. Where you are right now and repent. Repent before the Lord and say, forgive me for ever thinking that you are never near. That you, that you, you, you will never leave me. Never forsake me, God. That is your promise. You promise never to leave me. I thank you that I am helped. Come and lift your hands and begin to worship the Lord right now. And say, Lord, I thank you for the help. I have help, my God. This is my mind. I've come to worship you. Oh, my God, I praise and bless you. There's nobody like you, Jesus. Oh, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord.